Welcome to the Curious Hope Podcast. We're here live from Blue Mountain Community Church. My name is Pastor JD, and with me today... Uh, This is Pastor Nate. I'm the youth pastor here at Blue Mountain Community Church, and uh, it's an honor to be here. Absolutely. And like I said, my name is Pastor JD. I'm the teaching and young adult pastor here at Blue Mountain Community Church. And we've been been talking a little bit. It came to me the idea for a podcast in the middle uh, of the night, like all of my best and worst ideas. It always seems to happen when it's 2, 3 a.m., you know, and you wake up and can't fall back asleep, but the idea for a podcast came up. And so the the, the conception, what this podcast is going to be, because uh, this is going to be everyone's first time tuning in because this is episode one. But what we really want to do in this podcast is we want to sort of go beyond what you normally can on a Sunday. So explore uh, the rabbit trails, you know, the tangents, the interesting topics, uh, and hear a lot of honest storytelling about them. The goal is to talk to a lot of interesting people, which is why I'm glad that Pastor Nate is here because he's one of the most interesting people I know in my short time here in Walla Walla. That's a <laughs> blessing and a curse. A <laughs> blessing and a curse. But anyways, this podcast is called the Curious Hope Podcast. So just a little background on the name. Uh, it's Curious because I want us to be asking a lot of questions. So we're, we're both pastors, but we know and we've had conversations about this. I know that we don't have it all figured out. You know, we're asking a lot of questions. Amen. We're just on the same road together, uh, on the same journey, trying to get to know Jesus better, get to know ourselves in this world better. So that's the curious part of it. And then hope. Uh, that's what it means to follow Jesus is have hope. Absolutely. We believe that we have hopes uh, in this world. So that's the idea behind the name of the podcast. So welcome. I'm and glad to be here. Sweet. Uh, our first series that we're going to do, we're going to have a few episodes in the series. It's called Christian Catchphrases or mm. Christian Bumper Stickers. Yes. What do you yes. think of when, when you hear that name? A lot of empty words. <laughs> a lot of empty words. A lot of them. Really? So have you seen any of those bumper stickers? Because uh, for those, most of you listening here, I'll be a new voice or a new face. I'm new to Walla Walla. Uh, I saw a lot of bumper stickers where I used to live in New Jersey, but I, I haven't really been looking here in Walla. Do you have, have you seen or do any stick out in your mind of those Christian bumper stickers uh, that people put on here in Walla Walla? I haven't really noticed like a trend in Walla Walla for specific ones, uh, but typically uh, I see the let love or love is love or... <laughs> Uh, one of my personal favorites is let go, let God, let go, let God. See, it's funny that you say that. Cause that's going to be a phrase that we're going to talk about. Oh. Uh, I think in the third episode is what we're planning on. But yeah, the, these Christian bumper stickers, we, we like to put them on cars, but even more so. And I, I say this as someone who does this myself. We like to say these things out loud too. Like we have these Christian phrases. Yeah. Uh, did you did you grow up in the church? Oh yeah, I grew up. I man, I don't remember ever a point of not being in the church. Mm-hmm. I was a church rat. Mm-hmm. Uh, like my parents, uh, they weren't pastors, but my parents led the uh, youth ministry at the church I grew up in. Mm-hmm. So like I was always interacting with the youth and stuff as a little kid, and mom and dad ran ran it together. Um, Grew up in the church my whole life, been a Christian since I can remember. Um, yeah, 
This isn't anything new to me. Yeah, so having grown up in the church, is there a thing such as like Christian speak? Like is there a language or a lingo? Absolutely. When people don't know what to say, they say things in the Christian world. And they say things that they think is helpful, but it really, it's really not. Mm-hmm. And in fact, like, I think it does more harm actually than good. Well, it's interesting you said when people don't know what to think, because I never thought of it before then is we, we have these Christian phrases that we say a lot. And we're going to get here in a sec to the Christian phrases we're going to talk about today. But these phrases, we normally use them. When we don't know what to say. They're and called the go-tos. The, go t- <laughs> the go-tos. The go-to phrases. And it, it, that's probably because we don't want to be judged. We want to keep up that appearance of being Christian when we're in like unfamiliar circumstances and don't really know what to do. Oh, let Absolutely. me fall back and say this Christian-y, exactly. this Christian-y phrase. Yeah. And like it just – it's easy. Mm. You, Some people have grown up hearing them mm. or some like have heard it being done to them so then they adapt it when really sometimes nothing is the right thing to say Hmm. and i yeah i've experienced a lot of that in my own personal life of when christians probably should have just been quiet Mm -hmm. rather than there's just something about even non-christians coming to christians that they expect Mm -hmm. something along those lines Mm -hmm. and i think that kind of might be where it stems from is like a non-christian friend coming to a christian friend i'm struggling i'm having issues Mm -hmm. they expect to get something from that christian friend but yeah i think i was gonna say does does christian speak create like an us versus them hundred mentality yeah what do you how so what do you think well anytime you are using words and language for one specific group of people Mm. it definitely already just right there it divides Mm. and it kind of makes it look like there's a holier than thou mentality when lo and behold we all were created in the image of god we all have the imago day and yet we act like there's a difference between those who enter a church and those who aren't and yeah, it's, it's like sad. the it's like the holy club. Yeah, and so it's uh, it it's funny because I'm just thinking. I know there have been times in the past where I, you know, when you're like checking out from a grocery store or something, and someone says "God bless" or "Have yep. a blessed day" or something, and you actually, it, I I felt sort of good inside, like oh, they're one of us. You yeah, know, yeah, one. yeah. And so it's like sort of that feeling of camaraderie. Sure. Uh, I'm not sure if that's good or bad. It's it's definitely insider language. Yeah, insider language. But mm-hmm. it also, like, when you uh, – the other thing is, like, we live in a country that was founded on Christian principles mm-hmm. as well. So, like, on one hand, it's insider language. On the other, how many times have people heard God bless outside of a Christian standpoint? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have. But at that point, I think it just comes down to that is sometimes people's goodbye mm-hmm. or have a nice day. Yeah. And it just doesn't carry weight mm-hmm. anymore because it's just the natural thing that people are doing. Mm-hmm. Do you really want God to bless this person? <laughs> or are you just saying it because that's what you say to everyone? That's true. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it it's a great thing to keep in mind that a lot of times we fall back on these sayings when we're uncomfortable. And that leads us to what we're going to talk about today. 
So today's phrases, uh, we don't have one specific phrase. We have a few that I want to really focus on. But as I was, you know, thinking of the Christian phrases that we tend to say all the time, they sort of started grouping themselves. In this situation where we don't know what to do, as Christians, and I speak for myself too, we have a really hard time figuring out what to do when someone is grieving, when someone is has experienced tragedy. We sometimes are at a loss for words. So I'm going to start reading some of these phrases and please jump in if yeah. you any come to mind that you've heard before. So I've heard before, whether it was myself or a very close friend, uh, and then a Christian comes to comfort them. Uh, I've heard Christians and I myself have said, God works in mysterious ways. Yep. So if something bad were to happen, you would go up and say, hey, God works in mysterious ways. Uh, another one, don't worry. All things work according to God's plan. Yep. Or everything happens for a reason. Yep. Um, I've heard them all. Yeah. Here are some other uh, other ones. You just didn't have enough faith. Mm. And these are where the horror stories come in, where you lose a family member, a close friend, yeah. and people are praying for their healing. And you hear that you just didn't have enough faith or yeah. you didn't believe that God would heal them. You know, you mm -hmm. didn't believe hard enough. You didn't pray hard enough mm -hmm. or maybe you had doubt in your heart. Mm -hmm. um, they were here. Here's another one, too. And I've heard this several times, actually, in my personal life where someone has passed away. And then in response, uh, people say, well, they, they were trapped in sin or this is a mm. consequence uh, of their sin. Yeah. So are, are there any other that you can think of in response to that? Or have you heard any of those phrases before? Do any of them I've sound familiar? I've heard them all in different circles. All Christian circles, like my background, mm. I had I grew up in the missionary church, mm -hmm. and then kind of in my teen years, I was in like the Brethren in Christ denomination. Mm. I've never heard of that. Yeah, I've heard of missionary church. But it's not it's not a super super common one, mm. but uh, that's what I was in during my teen years, and then we came into the Church of God, kind of like my eleventh grade year. Mm -hmm. And we've been Church of God. Well, my parents are still Church of God mm. members, and I have been ever since. But yeah, I've heard different ones of those at through different uh, congregations. Okay. So never really all in the same one, but like it feels like the unhealthy ones are the later ones that you were giving examples of. Mm -hmm. To me, that's what it what brings yeah. up in my own life of what I experienced, mm. but yeah. Yeah. And some of these obviously are more unhealthy than others, oh, but yeah. they all, all are the ones that we just tend to fall back on when we don't 100%. know, when we don't know what to say and we might yep. think that we're offering hope. Do any specific stories come to mind oh, for you? Oh, yeah. One of these, can you tell one story of oh. when you've heard one of these phrases? So if you guys listening, don't know anything about my past, I've definitely preached on it before. It's not like I'm hiding anything or any – I'm an open book. But I was engaged mm -hmm. back in college. And uh, needless to say, things didn't work out. Uh, my fiancé left and ghosted me. Like mm -hmm. she cut off all communication, removed herself. Literally act like it was like someone died in my life. It, that's a tragedy. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. experienced grief after Absolutely. that. Absolutely, yeah. and mm -hmm. I was, uh, we were engaged for like three months at that time, hmm. and yeah, like we were only like probably another four or five months away from getting married, 
And so, yeah, it literally felt like someone died in my life. Mm. And I got almost all of those Hmm. responses except for the, like, maybe you were caught in sin Mm -hmm. or, like, the kind of the later half of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I got told those all the time in the midst of, like, all of it. How how did that make you feel? Oh, you would be told one of those things. Awful. So I was in seminary at the time mm. when the when that happened, and I was uh, probably in the tougher classes for my degree that I was in, mm-hmm. and uh, so I definitely definitely lost a lot of uh, of my good grades yeah. in that semester mm. due to that. Uh, but it definitely didn't make me feel good, and especially being someone who's grown up in the church and has, I have an undergrad in Christian ministries and theology, and I have, I was working on my seminary degree in theology. Mm-hmm. And to hear someone say, God works in mysterious ways in that moment, you just almost want to slap them. Yeah. It's like, no, that doesn't solve the fact that I'm hurting. What does that have to do with anything that's going on? Absolutely yeah. nothing. Mm-hmm. And like, in fact, it just, it caused an emotional response out of me mm-hmm. that made me want nothing to do with that person for that time. Mm-hmm. Like my mom during that time, like I was broken. I yeah. was devastated mm-hmm. and I had to go home and live with my parents for a little while mm-hmm during seminary, but there were times that my mom just sat with me mm-hmm. and just sat in the room and didn't say anything. And that's what I needed. Mm-hmm. I didn't need someone to try to give me a Christian answer mm-hmm. that carries no weight with it as like, uh, I don't know what to say. So I'm going to say God yeah. works in mysterious ways. <laughs> yes. Okay. I got out of that situation. I don't need that. Like, I just Mm. need people to know. Like, I just Mm. need to know that people still love and support me. Yeah, and I'm curious if it affected your view of God, too. Because in my head, I can only imagine if someone who... Because you said you were in seminary, so you had faith, you had a relationship with Jesus. But I can only imagine someone who is doesn't you know have faith doesn't believe um they're going through a rough time or maybe they had a history of faith and they just don't care as much then if someone were to come up to them and say god works in mysterious ways i think it would completely taint my image of god it's like this isn't mysterious this is a bad way it's pretty much like saying no god works in bad ways he you know with this tragedy yeah um i could see it really pushing people away from god having the opposite intended uh effect did it affect how you viewed god in that time, or did it just make you frustrated? Well, that also goes back to it. I wasn't frustrated with God. I didn't blame God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in the midst of all of it, I never, never mm-hmm. felt like God was the root of why that was happening. Mm-hmm. Honestly, because my in my world and in my theology, God gave us free will. Yeah. We mm-hmm. have it for a reason, and I don't think he had a hand to play and making her do what she did. Yeah. Um, I think it's just a decision that was made as a human Mm -hmm. and she went along with it. Mm -hmm. There it was. Yeah. So it's not, as I look at these phrases, as I think about them, the, 
they were trapped in sin or this consequence mm. of sin. So I haven't experienced, I'm trying to think. I, I remember in seminary, so I recently came from seminary, and in one of my classes, I was told uh, the story of someone, of a young man who had commit suicide mm. because he was, extremely, he was extremely depressed, you know, had mental illness, and a lot of bad things happened. And then this pastor, so the pastor that was leading the class, said that the family of this young man uh, had told him later on, so after the funeral, that they had had several members of the congregation uh, come up to them and, you know, sort of offer their condolences, saying, I'm sorry that this happened, but you know, this is what happens when you're trapped in sin. This mm. is what happens when you're sinning. And so it's not something that I experienced personally, mm. but that that kind of response is just, it seems like it would be revolting, you know, to be, to be told that when you have a family member um, that either passed away or is going through a hard time. That would push me away mm-hmm. from God and Christianity altogether. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That would be something that, and especially those people, mm-hmm. like that's just yeah. And me personally, what I can say too is, so I, I wouldn't necessarily call it a tragedy, but there have been times in my life, especially during my three years of college, where I was really, I wouldn't even say struggling. I was exploring my faith, so I was asking sure. a ton of questions. Absolutely, I was questioning a lot of things because I also grew up in the church. Um, I had a very good upbringing with godly parents, but. You realize once you get older that whatever you're taught, it's sort of like an inherited religion and there's good parts of that, but there comes a point when you have to make it your own. So I was a part of, I was in that process in college and I had made uh, friends and I had relationships with other um, people in my life. I'll just put it that way, who, when I was, when I was doubting and I, I, I ended up going through a really hard time because of those doubts, because Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like it was okay uh, for me to for me to question, and so there was a period of my life where I was really really struggling, where I was depressed for several months straight because I felt like I had to ask these questions of God to make this faith my own, but I wasn't. I, I, I it was new to me. It was completely yep. foreign. I felt like I was alone on a life raft. And these people that I really looked up to, uh, there is one in particular. Uh, this elder, older man that I really looked up to, that I almost considered a mentor figure, who spoke into that situation and it was telling me that, oh, this is happening because you're doubting. So this is like mm. what you're going through is happening because you're doubting, because you're asking questions. You just need to trust in God. You just need mm. to believe. And so I, this is a similar story I'm sharing, but it's not, I didn't really experience, you sure. know, tragedy, like losing someone, but it felt like tragedy to me because Absolutely. it was really hard for me. And I can personally testify to the fact that when I was told, you know, that the reason I'm suffering so much is because of my doubt Hmm. or, you know, it's my fault or a consequence of my sin because Mm. asking those questions and of Jesus is sinning. Uh, it really did push me farther away from God. Sure. Uh, glory to him that it didn't push me all the yeah, way. Yeah. Um, but it, it was just really hard hearing those words that saying that either you didn't pray hard enough. I, mm. I was mainly told that you you know you're doubting, you're trapped, you know, you're trapped in, in that doubting is sin. You doubting God and yep. doubting these pillars of the Christian faith is sin. And so that it definitely was the case for me where it really did sort of push me away. So as as I'm looking at these phrases, there's there's sort of two things that I see that's going on here. Either one, 
you're putting the blame on the person that's suffering. And so that's sort of the second half of the phrase is the, you didn't pray hard enough. You didn't have enough faith. Yep. You know, did you doubt or you were trapped in sin? So yep. these, these Christian catchphrases that we use uh, for grief, they either put blame on the person that's suffering yep. or number two, we're trying to get them to stop grieving. Or we just say, you know, when we say God works in mysterious ways, the, the assumption is sort of that, well, if God did it, then it's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, don't worry, all things go according to God's plans. Or God has a plan, don't worry. And yeah. uh, when you experience loss and someone tells you that God has a plan, it's almost like they expect you to get over your grief and tragedy like that. Absolutely. Uh, so it seems to me like, yeah, that's what these two phrases are sort of grouped. We're either putting the blame on the person that's suffering or trying to get them uh, to stop grieving, to stop feeling sad. Yeah, the ones that are trying to make you stop grieving, like it doesn't have hope mm. in those phrases, hmm. but those phrases are supposed to, like when yeah. you look at them, mm -hmm. invoke hope in the person. Mm -hmm. But the reality is there doesn't need to be hope mm -hmm. in every situation. In fact, you need to be allowed to grieve. Mm -hmm. Grieving yeah. is not wrong. Grieving mm -hmm. is not a sin. Being immobilized because of grieving mm -hmm. and a loss and an issue is not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. We It's something you have to go through. Yeah. I mean, even Jesus grieved. Mm -hmm. Like we, we see it throughout scripture, especially like John the Baptist's mm -hmm. death. Yeah. It said Jesus grieved. Mm -hmm. And so like it's just a process that you have to go through yeah and like some people it's short some people it's long some people every person's different and so to try to speed someone up through that process mm -hmm. that's not our place yeah like but as christians we like to invoke hope right mm -hmm. like that's what that's i mean that's what we're we're based on is hope that's what this podcast exactly is named, so hope. like it it makes sense, but it's a it's a bad, it's the wrong kind of hope. Yes, you it know? is it's the wrong the, kind. Mm -hmm. But like I can see where people thought that it would be a good idea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But what they don't realize is that they're actually hurting and damaging exactly. more mm -hmm. by doing that than actually providing hope. Exactly. What the intended phrases that the intended the catchphrases that we use. That, so the intention might be good. Yes, absolutely. Them. Yes, because I, like I said, I have used these phrases once or twice I've before. Myself and as well. Yeah, like about five minutes later, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. And I'll try to just get some time to listen next time yep. and not speak. Uh, so the intention might be good behind them, but that doesn't mean that it'll have that response. Yeah. Uh, real quickly, do you mind if I read from John 11? Because as I was it. thinking about... Uh, you said Jesus with John the Baptist grieving. It was yeah. great. What came to my mind too is Lazarus. Yes. Uh, yeah. Jesus grieving with Lazarus because he's interact. He interacts with Mary uh, and with Martha when he does that. So I'm going to open yeah. John 11, just read a real short passage. Um, Cause one or two things jumped out to me. So this is John chapter 11 verses 17 through 37. So I'm going to read it quickly, but this is, this is the story right here. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus, had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Mary and Martha to console them concerning their brother. So we can imagine, you know, when tragedy strikes, people are consoling you, sometimes for good, sometimes yeah. for bad. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. 
but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who... And I think that's significant. So he wasn't at the place of mourning or the mm -hmm. place of sadness yet. But this is what happens when he gets there. When the Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. I'm going to stop it right there. So in reading that short, and please chime in um, as I say this. So that, that verse was the one that really stuck out to me. And here's the reason why. Jesus does respond with hope. Right. So he responds with hope when Mary's asking, you know, asking him, talking to him, Jesus responds with hope. So there is an element of hope. Mm -hmm. But when he finally gets there, where, where Mary, it says she's on the ground, you know, crying, grieving. Jesus, he he's doesn't leave. He actually goes to the place where Lazarus died. So he dives more into the tragedy with that person that's Absolutely. grieving. He doesn't go away from it. He goes into it. And then when, once he gets there to that place, you know, of tragedy where he's laid. He wept. Yeah. He grieves. What do you, I don't know what, it's a, what do that's we make a, of this? Well, that's a super significant verse. Mm -hmm. you, the, the shortest verse in the Bible is Jesus wept. Mm -hmm. But the author was very intentional about putting that in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Could have easily left out Jesus, Jesus wept. wept. Mm -hmm. And the story could have gone on and things would have mm -hmm. escalated. But that Jesus wept part kind of shows that Jesus, well, we know that his heart was moved, but we see that he joins mm -hmm. joins into that grieving process. Mm -hmm. And that even God in flesh has to grieve. Mm -hmm. And it, I think that's huge. Even God has to grieve. That's a, that's a even God truth has right there rest, that we might you know, know, but like, we don't feel yeah. or realize fully. Even God has to grieve. Hmm. And one, one thing too, that I want to point out, and I didn't read it, but earlier on, uh, Jesus's disciples. So before this, cause, cause some of you might listening might say, but, but pastor JD, pastor Nate, God does work in mysterious ways and he, he does, does have a plan for everything. And, and I want you to know, we do believe that. Absolutely. Um, and Jesus says that too. So earlier on, if you rewind, uh, back to verse 12, the disciple, Jesus is talking with the disciples. So not with Mary and Martha, he's mm -hmm. talking with his disciples. Uh, and he says, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Um, well, let me see where I'm going. 
Yes, Lord, if, if he is falling asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I am glad that it was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So Jesus is saying, I'm glad that, I'm, and this is weird, it sounds weird, but Jesus is saying, I'm glad that this happened so that you may believe. So Jesus knew that he was going to raise Lazarus from the mm -hmm. dead. And if that's not God working in a mysterious way, absolutely, that's super mysterious and weird. You know, that absolutely. Jesus knows that this death is about to happen and it's happening for the sake that he may raise it again for the disciples. That showed like Jesus knew that God had a plan absolutely. and he told that to the disciples. Hey, God has a plan yeah. here where he's doing it for your sake. But does he say that to Mary or Martha? No, no. And that's the thing. I think that's that's one of the biggest things as we've been talking today that sticks out, like you said, with your mom in the room with you as you were grieving, that silence. The Jesus going up to Mary and weeping. Mm -hmm. And sometimes Jesus, if you know, Jesus, Martha wanted to talk about hope and Jesus did give her hope. He talked about hope with her. But with Mary, who was crying, he just was quiet. He met her where she was at. Hmm. He met her where she was at. That's what he did. Yeah. He didn't try to force her into mm. not grieving. He didn't try to invoke hope in her. Mm -hmm. He literally just met her where she was already at. Hmm. And I think that that's so encouraging, too, because when we experience tragedy and grief, and we have well-meaning but mistaken Christians trying to meet us where we're at, but they're not. They're mm -hmm. just saying these Christian catchphrases. Do you think Jesus still meets us where we're at now? Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in the midst of everything that I experienced in that tragedy, mm. like I never once blamed God. I didn't think God had any part in play mm. in it. Like, Well, and I'll say for me personally, I have blamed God yeah. <laughs> before for things that have happened. But God was still with me there. Yeah, you know, and that's yeah. the thing is that presence of Jesus, like we can be like Mary, uh, I believe we can be like Mary crying on the ground. We can be, you know, saying, Jesus, why did you leave us? We can be like doubting Thomas. Like, why, mm -hmm. where are the holes on your hands? And yet Jesus, I, I still to this day, he comes to us where we're at. Yeah, hmm. absolutely. And it's, it's funny that you, so like what you experienced mm -hmm. in deconstructing your theology mm -hmm. Uh, what I think most theologians would call the black night of your soul. Mm. In yeah. which case that, I mean, I went through that too. Mm -hmm. I, I had a different mentor mm -hmm. scenario happen <laughs> that actually helped. Mm -hmm. uh, but I remember going through that yeah. so much. Mm -hmm. And like, it was super important to reach, well, to I don't say, I can't say that I reached out to people, but... It was very important who I let in on that, mm. if you know what I mean. Yeah. So, like, going through almost walking away from the faith mm -hmm. and, like, God in general, mm -hmm. I I knew that I couldn't go to my parents about that. Like, these are the people that have taught me everything I know. Mm -hmm. They would be ashamed of me for being mm -hmm. in this place. Uh but I had a mentor drive almost two hours to come mm -hmm. meet me. And he just, we talked for a long time. He and came to you and he, he came with you. to me. 
So that's, I think that's the takeaway here today is how, so how this picture of Jesus, we're, we're supposed to be like Jesus. So how do we do that? How do we emulate his response like he did with Lazarus? Mm-hmm. We do know that Jesus has, God has a plan. He works yeah. in mysterious ways. He does. Absolutely. But to be like your mentor, you know, like your mom, um, to come to wherever that place of tragedy is. If they're looking for hope, if they're questioning if there is hope, then offer hope because Absolutely. we have we have hope in Absolutely. Jesus. Uh, the battle is won, the grave is conquered. We have hope. But the most important part is grieving. Mutual, Sometimes mutual they don't grieving. need hope. Hmm. Sometimes yeah. that's not what they need in that moment. I mean, the I don't remember off the top of my head what the is it five stages of grieving. Is that, oh, I wouldn't know that. More than I think that. I learned I don't that in know. psychology a long time ago. But like, there's stages to it. <laughs> yeah, and like, it's real. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's a known fact that like there's stages to grieving. Yeah, and almost up until the end, like trying to give someone hope in that mm-hmm. is not what they need. Yeah, and what most people need. But like Martha, some people, some people do still need hope and that can be a witness too if they're questioning it but if you notice martha was the one that questioned jesus first jesus didn't come and say oh don't worry no martha said is you know you could have healed him is he Mm going to be okay and so uh for us today if when we are first we need to be present and if they're not asking for hope then we don't offer we just we're present and we grieve but if people do ask for that hope and they say, but, you know, is is this loved one lost forever? Yeah. Um, am I lost forever? Because, you know, like what I went through, if when you yeah. feel depressed and you feel discouraged, am I going to be experiencing this daily tragedy forever? Yeah. Um, we do bring hope yeah. because we carry that with us. We do bring that hope into those situations at the appropriate time where the person is asking for well it, that's for meeting it. someone where they're at meeting them because if they at. want mm-hmm. hope that's meeting them where they're exactly. at exactly mm-hmm. so i think that's just the 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 what you were saying the key mm-hmm. takeaway is just meeting people where they're at mm-hmm. if they need hope give them hope yeah if they don't just be just present, be present. Mm-hmm. that's all it takes yeah especially if someone is reaching out to you mm-hmm. that means that they just need you yeah Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just literally sitting, mm-hmm. not saying a word, yeah. just sitting or checking in and making sure that they're eating or yep. doing and that taking care of themselves. It brings up the most, when I experienced a, a breakup with someone that mm-hmm. I was in love with, this girl I thought I was going to marry, uh, she, you know, she broke up with me, broke my heart. I was devastated. And this was happening simultaneously with my, oh my reconstructing gosh. of my faith. But the biggest witness to me during that time wasn't uh, a pastor saying a word. It wasn't, you know, anyone that I looked up to saying anything. It was my two best friends who every night, because they knew that I was depressed and going through a really rough time, they would just sit and they wouldn't ask me questions. They wouldn't try to talk about it. They would just sit with me uh, and be there. Mm -hmm. And so like Jesus, may we do that. And it might be a little bit harder now because of coronavirus to be present. Um, but there's still ways to do that, to reaffirm that presence and even just saying, I'm, I'm here with you. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So we just want to say uh, thanks for listening. This is yeah. the first episode. We plan on releasing 
episodes like this. I, Pastor Nate, thanks for joining me. Oh, it's, absolutely. It's thanks been great talking me. with you and getting your insight and getting your input on all of this. Uh, to all of our listeners, we're going to be releasing episodes every single week on Wednesdays. So make sure that you share this episode with your friends. We have a Facebook page. We have an Instagram page. Uh, so go ahead and check those out. It's the Curious, the Curious Hope podcast. Uh, you can find us on Spotify. We're getting listed here soon on Apple. Uh, I think it's Apple Podcasts, Apple yeah, iTunes Podcasts, podcast. anywhere that you can listen to podcasts. We're getting we're released there. there. We're we're going to be there. So uh, tune in with us next week. And if you have any Christian catchphrases that you can think of that maybe you've heard before and you like, you don't like, whatever your Christian catchphrases you have, or if you just have questions about the podcast in general and want to reach out, please send us an email uh, at the curious hope podcast at gmail.com i think that that's all i've got yeah, thanks for listening guys have a blessed week Amen. and be present goodbye